Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In with your hosts, Megan Myers and Steffi Predmore. This week, we're chatting about hustle culture, the term girl boss, and its convergence with MLM culture. Stay tuned. Do you love listening to I'd Rather Stay In and want to support the podcast? Well, now you can. Visit our website or the link in our Instagram profile and click buy me a coffee or visit buymeacoffee.com slash IRSI podcast. For the price of a cup of coffee, you can help us cover the costs of creating this podcast. There are no monthly memberships and you can support us at whatever level you like, whenever you like. Whether you buy us one coffee, many coffees, or simply continue listening as always, we're so grateful for your support. Hi, Steffi. So I learned something today, Megan. Do tell. So I learned that apparently there are parents who, when they go to, like, label their kids shit for, like, daycare and school and stuff, Mm -hmm. apparently they don't just, like, go at it with their label maker and a Sharpie and maybe some masking tape and call it a day. They, like, actually purchase like specific labels Mm -hmm. for this purpose, which I did not know existed. Uh, Yes, there are fancy labels that you can get made, and I believe they iron on to your items. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, It's a little extra, I feel. I, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I just for free 99... Sharpie mm-hmm. <laughs> to the tags in my child's clothes because that's what Kathleen told me to do. Yeah, we are also Sharpie people. Um, because I, why? Why bother? Well, kind of right. I mean, I guess like if I got some hand me downs that had already been sharpied, then I guess maybe like having an iron on thing to put over that would be good. Yeah, I guess maybe if you. A plan to pass the clothes on to somebody else and or maybe you're like a person that does resale. Yeah. I guess. But I didn't care either way. And also like I think we had clothes that had you know their initials on it or whatever on the tags and I think maybe we cut them off when we donated them. Yeah, I just like um, the clothes that had I, tags. I just put her initials on them in Sharpie, and then the ones that didn't have tags, like it was just printed on. I yeah. just like scrawled them on with the Sharpie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, she's eighteen months old. Like, I don't know. Whatever. I, <laughs> I just my mind was a little bit blown today when I learned that apparently this is like a real thing because all of yeah. my friends are low key and just do like take their usual label maker for like you know like cups and stuff or they just took sharpie to it or like whatever or masking tape and just called it a day first of all i would generally describe myself as thrifty and also i always describe myself as lazy (laughs) therefore the fact that i would have to then go through all the clothes and iron these labels onto their clothes just sounds like way too much work that I don't want to do. And then do they come off like 
are they removable? How do you get them off later when your kid is done? Yeah, I don't, it's, there's, I have a lot of questions. Um, yeah, I, the, I guess the ones that, so the ones that I saw or like learned about today, I guess they do also like work with schools or whatever to do fundraising. So I guess if your school does that, you can like buy through them and then they get some of the money, which is nice, I guess, but it just seems like, I don't know. It just felt, (laughs) it felt like a thing to have to remember to order them and then put them on. There's just two, let's just be frank here. There are too many things to remember when it comes to being parent to begin with. Yes. And it just seems like every time I turn around, there's just something new that you're supposed to quote unquote be doing. Yes. And, uh, it's exhausting. Yeah. And, uh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. (laughs) Absolutely not. Not interested. (laughs) Yeah. I am not interested. I have a follow-up to last week's Olympics episode. Ooh, please tell. Uh, Max and I enjoyed the men's skateboarding. Um, I, don't, I don't remember exactly which skateboarding event it was, but they were showing it in primetime. We were watching it, and it was pretty cool. And uh, the thing that I really enjoyed about the skateboarding is that they just were having a really good time. Uh-huh. I don't know if you saw any of the skateboarders, but... No, I kept missing the skateboarding, and I was really bummed, because it looked baller. They just, like... Skateboarding's different, because you get to do multiple runs, and if you, like, fall, it's not, like, a big deal if you can do another good run later, so that's kind of cool. But they just were having a blast, and, like, even the guys that fell, they're just like, whatever! It's fine. I'll do better next time. Like, whatever. It's cool. And, like, playing to the crowd that, you know, it's just other skateboarders. And they're all, like, cheering each other on and stuff. It was awesome. That's so cool. the very next day, Max is like, I want to skateboard. I want to skateboard. I want to skateboard. He bothered me for, like, days. Every, Every day he would be like, I would really like a skateboard. And I was like, that's nice. (laughs) because I know my children and they ask for things and that that they're interested in and they're interested in it for like a week and then nothing ever happens with it Uh Uh, like Reese's guitar that he really wanted and he played it for a very short amount of time and it does not uh, do anything with it now Um, so I kind of knew like "Mm, well I don't know about this so I, and then finally, Saturday or Sunday, I don't remember which day, but he asked me again, and I was like, look, dude, like, I appreciate that you're asking me, but just because you're asking me does not mean it's going to happen. You just had a birthday. You just got all these other things. Like, let's... Let's maybe, you know, think about it for longer than two days after seeing skateboarding for the first time, really. (laughs) (laughs) So then he went and asked his father. And Bob comes to me and he goes, Max wants a skateboard. And I said, yes, he does. I know. I'm aware. Yeah. And so then they had to go to the sporting goods store to buy Max's soccer stuff, his uniform and things that he needed. Sure. 
And they also came up with a skateboard. <laughs> of course they did. Yeah. Yes, Dad, like, when it, the time was... He, he, he could uh, just feel it. He could feel like the time was ripe to bring it up again. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's just like he's just a pushover. Whenever Max wants something, he's just like, oh, of course. Of course we'll do that. Why not? Oh. Like, dude, you, you don't even... And then I was like, well, you need to get... He needs pads and things. And he's like, ah, he's like, he doesn't need knee pads. I'm like, "Uh, actually, knee pads are the ones that the professionals do wear. So, like, I just feel like maybe this would be a good idea. Should get some. Uh, But, yes, so that's the the Olympics appreciation. Still going strong here. Has he used the skateboard? He has been practicing in the driveway. Okay. Um, we suggested that as a safe place to practice because he yeah. needs to, like, figure out how it works, basically. Yes. And then we will move on to some sort of larger pavement surface. <laughs> You'll move on to something else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, not not the skateboard park, but yeah. a Do we flat even have path. one of those? I don't know. There might be one somewhere, but I'm not sure. Probably. Yeah. Uh, oh, my goodness. Well, bless him. I hope he doesn't <laughs> fall and conk his noggin over, open. He does wear his helmet, so. Good boy. <laughs> one less thing to have to stress about. Right. <laughs> so we've got, we've got some things to say today. When don't we, to be honest? Uh, well, yeah, this is true. We have some things to say about what we're going to call girl boss culture and hustle culture, which kind of go together, but are also like the, there's a, we've kind of got a Venn diagram here and there is crossover, but there's we have also have some different things to say about both things. Yeah, and I, it's, it's sort of like a Venn diagram, and it also is sort of like a, a parent-child situation. Mm-hmm. Where, like, I think hustle, hustle culture, like, led to girl-boss culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll agree with that. What, <laughs> so, okay, so what is your, what's your, I guess, background with hashtag girl-boss and... <laughs> hustle culture my background that's like a weird well like what was your like introduction to this like concept of the like hashtag girl boss um and or did you have did you did you have a sense of any any kind of hustle anything well so i will say 10 years Okay, well, I will say, like, I have a website. I run a website. Um, and technically, there would be, like, the, quote, side hustle. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it wasn't, wasn't when, when blogs got started, it wasn't, like, a, a, a side hustle thing. It was just, like, something you did for fun. And it was a it wasn't hobby. a business thing. It like was a hobby. actual hobby. <laughs> <laughs> but then it became this thing where, like, if you're not working on it, 
every spare hour of your life, then like you're not gonna make it and you're not hustling hard enough. And like that was the thing for me where it suddenly turned to the this thing, like not just blogging, but like literally any other thing you were interested in, if you wanted to quote make it, you had to spend all of your time on it. Yeah. And if you weren't spending all of your time on it, you didn't take it seriously enough and things being fun didn't count anymore. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting because, like, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about it and, like, I mean, so I definitely think the concept of hustle culture has gotten worse with mm-hmm. the rise of social media and, you know, the ability to make money on the internet and via blogs and social media platforms and like all of these things um I because I'm sitting here thinking about my childhood and so first of all when we were kids our parents for the most part they got a job and they stayed there like there wasn't like now if you stay in a job in the same company your whole career that's really bizarre. Um, yeah, I actually read something today where it was it said that the average person only stays at their job for four years now. Yeah, and so that's 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 total. I I find that just to be completely. I don't I don't want to say bananas because I've done that, but um, like when you compare it to the fact that my dad was at his job at Caterpillar for like thirty years. Mm-hmm. Like, no one does that anymore. Very few people do that anymore. And also, like, so my mom stayed home, and she didn't. She um, substitute taught during the school year, but she didn't really, she wasn't, like, doing any, like, side hustles, right? Because that wasn't so much a thing, although we'll talk a little bit in a bit about, about that. Um, and then, and my dad... He would be home by 5.30 every night for dinner. Like, he would go in a little bit early, um, specifically so he could be home early for dinner every night. But it was extremely rare for my dad to miss dinner because of work. Very, very rare that he would, like, be like, hey, I'm stuck at the office. I'm not going to make it home. Because that was where he put his priority. He put his priority in coming home and having dinner with us every night. And so the idea for me growing up that there were people who would just like work all the time and like not be home for dinner, not be home for their kids, like activities, like for me, it was concerts and plays and stuff, but for their kids, sporting events, like any of that kind of even beginning of like hustle culture was completely foreign to me. And so... It's really only been as an adult that I've even been aware of this idea of of hustle, this 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 hustle culture even beyond what we think of it now. Yeah, and that like you have to prove that you're working really hard because you need to get promoted, get ahead. Right. All of those things, but you only can prove that by working 60 hours a week and bringing your work home from the office with you. And nowadays, 
it translates to always having your your work email answerable, responding right. to Slack messages on the weekend or after hours. Right. And I think it's harder now because of not just social media, but the fact that we carry computers in our pockets. Yeah. And you can't really step away from that. You don't really have an excuse anymore that you're not available because even if you are off with your family doing something fun or taking care of your parents or just going for a walk, you literally have your method of communication and sometimes your method of work in your pocket. Yes. It really, yes. And you have, you really have to be, you really have to kind of make a decision. And I think my, and like to go back to my dad, like I think he definitely made a decision that he was going to work really hard when he was in the office and he was going to do a great job at what he was doing. Um, But he wasn't interested in like climbing the ladder as fast as he could if it meant that he was sacrificing his family in the process. And I think like he, and I'm sure my mom, um, like made that decision that that was where his priority was going to be. Um, and I think that to your point, like if that is where your priority is going to lie, then, I think you do have to work harder now than maybe ever to keep that boundary up. Yeah. Or I think, you know, at least be lucky enough to work for a company where you are allowed to have that boundary, where that boundary is respected. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is one of the reasons why girl boss culture has come into play so heavily. I think maybe it's, it's it's, it's hard to say if it's dying down lately because it's popping up in other ways. But the idea of a girl boss culture kind of comes from the fact that, oh, you can work for yourself. You can set your own hours. You're just doing what you love. You're not working for the man. Mm-hmm. And, like, obviously that's super appealing right. to nearly almost everyone. Right. Like, who wouldn't want to sleep late, work three hours a day, and then still make money? Of course. Work from your phone for two hours and make a full-time income. (laughs) Okay, before we switch over to that, though, um, in this, like, hustle culture, because you you mentioned if you're lucky enough to work for a company that respects those boundaries... Mm-hmm. And you found a really interesting article um, from Fast Company. We will link to it in the show notes. And it's titled, Why Having a, quote, Work Family is Actually Hustle Culture at Its Worst. And it's a, it's really interesting, and it makes some really, really great points. I think it, one of the reasons why I find this article is so interesting is that, like, you and I used to work together we used to work at the same company neither one of us works there anymore but we were kind of like i don't know i guess we would be sort of like work spouses or whatever based on these weird terms that they have even though right and i think for the most part those are like people in offices as opposed to remote companies like we did but the difference for a lot for most people is that like you don't 
when you leave your job, like, those people are gone. (laughs) Right. You don't stay friends with those people necessarily. If you stay friends with people that you used to work with, it's usually not, like, your boss or people that you, you know, had a hierarchy with. It might be other, you know, it's your, it's your people in the trenches with you. Right. Um, but it's definitely a thing about, like, they emphasize the family situation because, like, they want you to feel like you're part of something, but that way they can, like, make you feel bad for not, like, backing up your family when they need you to answer emails on the weekend. Right. So, like, not supporting your family if you're not willing to not take days off. Right. You have to hustle extra hard because it's your family. Right. Yeah. It's a very, it can be used very manipulatively. Wow. That, <laughs> wow. Manipulatively. Thank you. Um, that's how, that's where my brain is firing today, guys. Uh, yeah. It can be used to manipulate you. That's just how we're going to say it this time. Uh, to Into doing more than what you would probably normally be doing and again and like i i should i do want to say like the caveat being like obviously in certain jobs in certain industries there are probably times of the year where you're going to be like working a little bit more or a little bit harder than other times like every industry has its busy season we're not talking about like your normal busy season we're talking about we're not talking about working hard during the day at your job that is your job description that is what you are paid to do we're talking about when an employer or a manager uses and maybe may not even realize that this is what they're doing but they use this like oh we're all a big work family like thing to guilt you into doing something above your pay grade working outside of normal hours like staying in the office really late like doing things that they really should be paying you for without paying you for them Yes. Yeah, especially because so many of these jobs now, especially as you get older and further in your career, obviously they're salaried. So mm-hmm. there is even more of an excuse to just be like, well, you know, your job's not done. Even if you, you know, worked really hard on it during the day, it's like, well, you know, it's it's five o'clock, but you're not done with this project. So guess you're going to stay until it's done. Right. <laughs> like, it is the worst feeling ever, basically, to, like, work all day really hard on something or all week really hard on something that you're trying to get done. Mm-hmm. And then everyone else leaves. And you're just like, yep, still still working on it because it's not done. Right. And I would, I, I've been conditioned to feel worse about it not being done than all of the good that I have done prior to this moment. Right, right. <laughs> And the, the, the Fast Company article that we read, the end of it talks about how, like, the, the antidote for this, like, is for leaders to not just say how much they care for their teams. Like, oh, I care for you so much. We're all a family. But to actually show them with actions. Like, mm-hmm. show them by respecting their personal boundaries. Like, letting them have a life outside the office. Pay them what they're worth. 
Like, that is how you actually show your team and your employees what they mean to you and that you Mm -hmm. value them. Not, I don't, I have reached a point in my career where I really don't give a shit what you say. I give a (laughs) shit what you do. And I, you, I, I really, like, I do not need, and this is just me personally, and some of it is my, some of it is my personality, and some of it is sort of a learned behavior at this point. I really don't need you to be like, oh my gosh, Steffi, you're just so great. Oh my gosh, Steffi, we just love you. Like, I want you to show me. I want you to show me by giving me a raise, or giving me extra vacation time, or like not bothering me on the weekends. <laughs> like, yeah. That's how I want to see that you care about me and your and see your gratitude for the hard yeah. work that I'm doing. Yeah, like something that would be really great would be like you've you know you really killed this project. You've been working really hard lately. Why don't you take next Friday off? Right. Yes. Like, because for like part of the other problem with hustle culture is that even with companies that have unlimited vacation days we're conditioned to not take vacation. Yes. Because we just are like, we are so busy and we feel like we're needed all the time. So you feel guilty for taking vacation and then you end up never taking vacation and surprise, surprise, you're overworked and stressed. Yeah. You burn out. You burn out. So I had a, I had this conversation with a direct report like today, like going on there. She has a vacation coming up and I was like, okay, what are we not going to do on vacation next week? get online at all (laughs) if i see you online i'm going to kick you off (laughs) go have your vacation time you know because like i appreciate her and i really want her to have time to rest and regroup and come back rejuvenated and not come back like a ball of stress because like you're, we've all done it. We've all done it where we're like taking vacation and then we just like take a peek at our work email or we take a peek at Slack or we take a peek at the DMs or whatever. And then either we fall down the rabbit hole and we have not actually taken vacation or we like see it and then it just like sits in the back of our mind and then we get a little bit stressed and it just kind of ruins the vacation. Yeah, it does. And then also, aside from that, I think part of the issue with not being able to turn yourself off is that I think a lot of problems at work, you know, if you're having, um, I don't mean like, you know, interpersonal problems or anything like that. I mean, project problems or trying, you know, you're trying to solve a thing that you need to get done at work and need to find the best option for it or you need to brainstorm things if you are able to actually step away from work and like really unplug that actually can help you solve those problems yeah you're it really can because your brain is like you, you just come back and you're rejuvenated and you're firing on all cylinders and you're able to look at it with fresh eyes i do this all i have yeah. this all the time on fridays in particular i'll get to the end of the week and i'll get to friday afternoon and i will just realize I just am making mistake after mistake, or I open up a document to work on it, and I just stare at it, mm-hmm. and I'll, like, write a sentence, and then I'll erase a sentence, and then I'll write it again, and I'll just repeat that, and then I finally am like, nope, uh-uh, you have reached your point of productivity for the week, 
And at this point, anything that you do is actively going to take away from the good work that you did earlier. You need to shut everything down and come back fresh on Monday. And invariably, I come back fresh on Monday. I take a weekend away from work. I come back Monday morning. I open up the thing that I was struggling with on Friday and I can have it done in like half an hour because my mind is fresh and I, I put it away. Yeah, I think I I kind of wonder how much of this is just related to being American as well, where just this huge emphasis on always being productive and always being busy. Like everyone's default response to how you're doing is, oh, I'm super busy. Like, guys, you don't have to be busy all the time. Just It's cool if you just sit and watch Netflix. Just admit it. You sit and watch Netflix. No one is going to look down on you for that. We need to decompress. We need to not always be super busy. It's not, there's, there's nothing about, I, there's, you know, certain aspects of your portions of your life that, you know, maybe you need to work harder than other times. Maybe you truly need to be hustling, but it should not be something that is a long-term thing. Right. So, okay. So there's hustle. So there's, there's hustle culture in work in our normal workplaces. And then, as you mentioned, there are side hustles. And, you know, you talked about that we have both had the experience of having something that started out very much as a hobby turn into a side hustle. And suddenly the fun is sucked out of it. (laughs) And I I do. And I see this, and you know, I think as bloggers, we see this a lot. We see people come in and start blogs specifically to make money Mm -hmm. and specifically as like an income stream instead of it just like naturally turning into that. Um, and, And it is fascinating because... That is so much the opposite of how our businesses started. Like, we both started our businesses completely by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do find it so interesting to see people come into, like, what could what could very well be a hobby and immediately jump into it as a side hustle. And I find I... I, I mean, I think there's a number of things to that. I think there is the, like, everybody's got a side hustle kind of hustle culture, and it's all around us, and we're like, oh, what are you doing? Don't you want to just, like, do your thing and, like, be your own boss kind of thing? Like, everyone wants mm-hmm. to quit their nine to five. Um, and I was going somewhere else with that, and I forgot what it was halfway <laughs> through the sentence. It's actually kind of funny because my husband and I were talking about this today. Not about side hustles, but we were just talking in general about my side hustle and how mine is like passive income for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, there's not a, a lot that I necessarily have to do in order to still gain an income for it. And so we were talking about how, you know, how many of our years down the line where we could just subsist on that income and he could just retire and then he was like yeah but I think I would still get another job (laughs) and he does not have a side hustle or anything like that but he 
just don't doesn't think he could not work. I was talking about this with a coworker today, actually, <laughs> because so and I think for me, I think it's a genetic problem. Um, so on my mom's side, my, her grandfather, her dad and grandfather, my grandfather and great grandfather owned a grain elevator. Um, if you don't live in the Midwest and you don't know what a grain ele- elevator is, you're just going to have to look it up. And <laughs> <clears throat> when my great grandfather was 90 years old, nine zero, they caught him climbing the grain elevator. And my grandpa had to be like, dad, I'm forbidding you from doing this anymore. I'm making you retire. Like, I'm literally forcing you into retirement because you're 90 years old and you should not be climbing a grain elevator. That's really dangerous at your age. And my grandmother, my mom's mom, like, she only recently stopped working full time. She's in her 80s. And grandmommy, if you're listening, I'm sorry to out you. And... Like, and she's still, she'll be like, you can call me anytime. I'm just bored. <laughs> so I think she was mostly working because she was bored. So I actually do think I will probably be one of those people that I don't know that I'll ever just like fully retire and just like sit around and like putter about doing whatever fully retired people do. Cause I literally don't know what they do. Right. I, Cause they're old. So they don't sleep in like I don't know I'm very it's very confusing to me um the whole concept of just being fully retired is very confusing to me because what do you do what do you do with your whole day do you just putter around in your garden like do you go golfing like I I I don't really want to go golfing like is that a requirement I don't really know so I will probably be that person that like if I'm not doing some sort of just like part-time job like at very least we'll just be working on my hobbies all the time just at least having a project but I don't know if that's me and my personality type. I don't know if it's because I'm just like super Midwestern. Like I don't really know what that is. I will just say that. So I previously had like, I was working like six gigs a few years ago. And now I guess I just have two. I just have my website and my editing job. Um, which seems normal to me, like just having two (laughs) seems normal. And I will say that you have like three or four. I'm sitting here like, yeah. And, (laughs) and I was once your age and honestly, like you're just going to get tired. (laughs) Well, I'm already tired. Well, you will give give up some of those, especially as your daughter gets older. Yeah. And she has more things that you will have to worry about and do. Like, you're just going to get tired. Yes. Well, it's funny because, so Alex's best friend is, he is one of those people that always has multiple jobs. He just, like, can't sit still. He and I are super, super similar. And he can't sit still. And every time Alex talks to Parker, he'll be like, oh, yeah, Parker's got a job doing da-da-da-da-da. And I'm always like, we always joke because I'm like, of course he does. And then I started working at a friend's restaurant a couple Saturdays a month. And as I was getting ready for my first shift at the restaurant, I looked in the mirror and I said, my God, you are the female Parker. <laughs> like I, and I mean, working at the restaurant is mostly a favor to our friend because they're super short staffed and like r- just really need the staff. And so at some point, Hopefully they will not be short so short staffed anymore and 
I'll let somebody who really needs that like full-time income take over my shifts and I'll just sort of phase out. Um, but yeah, I definitely was like, oh, I've got my full-time job. I have the freelance stuff I do. I, I guess technically I have my blog, even though I just sort of ignore it and it does bring in some like passive income. I do the adoption <laughs> advising and oh fuck now I'm waiting tables like yeah. uh huh but I don't it's so it is interesting though because it's not necessarily out of like oh I've got to hustle right it's just for something me, that I mean it's just stuff it's, I do yeah I think for I mean I think for me it started that way where I just I started just kind of collecting them like Pokemon yeah. cards where it was like. <laughs> I just really enjoy all the things that I'm doing and someone offers me another thing that sounds like fun. So I just say yes and do it. I have to actively with my, (laughs) with my hobbies, like my, like where I like my crocheting and my cross stitching, like I'll post about a project or something and invariably I'll get Instagram DMS that are like, Oh my gosh, you should sell those. And I have to like, actively make myself say like no do not do that (laughs) don't absolutely don't do that because uh, you don't need one you don't need another thing and you just need something that's literally just for fun Mm -hmm. that's just for funsies all it is is for shits and gigs I will give I will make things I will give them to people but like do not take on the commission don't do it don't say no just say no say no (laughs) But what if? But what if? What if if you really like those essential oils? Okay, so we're going to talk about this. (laughs) We're going to talk about it. Okay, so here's where we really get into the problem with hashtag girl boss culture. Yeah, so I think, so as you're saying, a lot of this comes from, you know, you can be your own boss, you work for yourself, you set your own hours. The quote-unquote average person makes however much money, even though they don't, but it's fine. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And so there's all of these companies out there Mm. that are evil. I don't know if they're all evil, okay? It's like, but they prey on people. They prey on what people want, which is, you know, setting your own hours, working for yourself, flexibility, um, a community. Um, you know, it's a built-in community, and everyone's very supportive of each other. And uh, it's just, uh, I don't know, I feel like it's kind of gotten out of control a lot. Very and much. I would, I will also, also preface this whole conversation with the fact that I was previously... A beach body coach. She was part of it. I was part of it. But I do really love their program. So, <laughs> and I still so okay, I'll just go through, I'll just go through the whole story. So my friend started doing it. She like, you know, was promoting the the workouts or whatever, and mm-hmm. I was like, I you know, I like need to exercise, I need to get fit, blah blah blah. So I started doing them. Obviously, you have to sign up and pay for them to get the programs, but I really like the programs. But then they're like, well, if you sign up as a coach, then you'll get all these other things and blah. You can make all this money and all of this nonsense. Um, 
and it was like not expensive to, to do basically so mm-hmm. it was not like a LuLaRoe like thousands of dollar buy-in situation right. so I just kind of did it but also once I was in it like the tactics that you were supposed to use to sell this stuff to people that's like the same across all of these companies mm-hmm. where you're just supposed to reach out to a, like every single person you know yes you're supposed to dm them slide into your dms and do the classic like hey girl i know we haven't talked in a while but you seem really down and depressed lately have you thought about joining this community full of really great boss babes like yourself and like right and that was that part of it was so disgusting to me that i just didn't like i did it really maybe a few months and I was just like no this is gross because I would want it if I wanted to do it I want to do it on my terms and just be like a normal human and that's not possible in these organizations so yeah so let's talk about this so I have fallen down the rabbit hole of anti-MLM like podcasts Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and so I my exposure to MLMs like my mom had a couple of really, really close friends when I was growing up who sold Longa Burger baskets. Who sold and what now? Longa Burger baskets. Okay. It, they're baskets. They're very expensive baskets. Like woven baskets? Yes. Or like baskets full of things? No, like woven baskets. They have small baskets, okay. they have big baskets, they have baskets to hold your toilet paper, they have baskets to hold your napkins, they have baskets to hold your kids' toys, they have baskets with lids, they have baskets that go in drawers, they have basket liners, they have baskets, lots and lots and lots <laughs> of baskets. And two of my mom's best friends when I was growing up sold Longo Burger baskets, and my mom, like to be sweet and to be a supportive friend, like had like a party, maybe two parties. Um, But like, so I was, I was familiar with this, like the party, like you have the party and everybody comes Mm -hmm. over and you, Mm -hmm. you have the snacks and you have the drinks and then they talk about the products and then you order from the catalog, like blah, blah, blah. Um, so like, it's not like MLMs are new. Like this is, they've been around for a very long time. And I actually, I, so recently I took a road trip and I listened, I like binge listened to the dream podcast. I will link to it in our show notes. Um, it is excellent. And the first, the whole first season specifically talks about MLMs. It's like eight or 10 episodes maybe. And they actually talk about like the history of MLMs, like the very first MLM, like how they got started. It's really, really fascinating. And then they talk, they actually have one of their like researchers join an MLM to see if like all of the income claims and like the claims that they're making, like if she could do it. Um, and it is, it is super, super interesting. I highly recommend listening to it. Um, but yeah, like the big thing that, and I've also been, so I, we also listened to Megan and I both listened to the financial feminist podcast. And the first episode of that podcast is about, um, 
MLMs. I actually think it might. I actually think the guest on that episode might be the gal that does the dream, um, if I'm remembering correctly. And then I also on TikTok fell into the anti MLM corner of TikTok, um, <laughs> and I found Roberta Blevins. Her TikTok handle is Berta like whoa. And she has a podcast called Life After MLM. So she was a LuLaRoe consultant and got out. And she was actually part of the class action lawsuit in Washington State against LuLaRoe. And um, her whole podcast is basically like people who have gotten out of MLMs, like telling their story. Because she wants to break the stigma of like, oh, I just didn't succeed because... I'm a bad salesperson. Like Mm -hmm. she wants to reiterate the fact that these companies are set up for you to not succeed. Like they are set up for you to fail Um, because the people at the top benefit by more and more people coming in at the bottom, but not really climbing the ladder. And that, and that like, that's always, That's always been the biggest like question mark over my head. I feel like a I feel like a sim. Like when people <laughs> bring up like their MLM side gigs or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's so great. Da, 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 da. It's just you're a small business owner and blah 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 blah. And the big like sim question mark over my head, like there's well, there's really two of them. The first is like, but you don't really own that business. Right. You don't because you're you're being told you're a business owner, but you're actually an employee. So which are you? Because you don't. But so, you're also not an employee either because you don't get employee benefits. Right. You're like a contractor. It's a very like you're you're a you're a you're a I don't want to say you're a non-entity. That's not very nice. <laughs> um, but like you you're just the, you're this weird you're this weird in between because you you don't own your own business like if something like you aren't able to make your own like real business decisions you yeah you can decide how much you work or whatever but you're not like Megan and I own our own businesses we have LLCs in our names we if our if we decide to dissolve our LLCs like that's we're the we're the only ones that are answer to that like we have friends who own like brick and mortar businesses they decide as the owners of those businesses what products they're going to carry what their hours of business are going to be like they they make the decisions that actually run that business they have employees some of them some of them don't but they're just those people come to work they do their work and they leave there's not this the other thing that's like the big question mark over my head is this constant having to recruit other people like in a normal job you aren't constantly having to like recruit people to be on your team like if you own your own business you hire people as employees but you're not constantly like recruiting people and that's well, the whole a part of your commission structure right well the whole point of all those companies is growth right like they want right to grow they want to get into more people's homes you know whatever it is they're selling if it's 
you know, makeup or clothes or baskets. Uh, the, the basket company is no longer in business, but I think there's another basket-ish company to have swept in and taken its place. Um, Would not be surprised. They were very popular, at least in Indiana in the 90s. I mean, who doesn't love home organization? So <laughs> it's you're supposed to bring more people on, and that way that's how the company grows. Mm-hmm. They don't want people to know that for instance, a lot of these companies, you can just go to the website and buy stuff. Right. <laughs> like, you don't have to go through a distributor and a person who has, like, 16 people up ahead, ahead of them. Right. But you're also, like, made to feel guilty because you're like, oh, of course I want to support my best friend who is trying, she's just trying to make money to half the time support her four children or, like, help her get out of a horrible corporate job structure. Like, of course you want to support the people that you really like. So that's how a lot of people get sucked in. Yeah. And they talk about this on the – well, they talk about this on all the podcasts that I've listened to. Um, is the <clears> – what they really do is they they prey on the most vulnerable people. By which I mean they find the people – who don't necessarily have or know that they have other options. Mm-hmm. Uh, moms with kids at home, single moms, um, like people who maybe don't have a college education um, and don't think that there's, you know, th- think that there's a limit to like what, like, corporate jobs they can get like there's just lots of different vulnerable populations that these companies specifically go after and they make huge promises and the big thing that they talk about in a lot of the stuff that I've been listening to is that like it's something like 95% of people in these in MLMs either they like lose money it's some ridiculous stat like that. I'll have mm-hmm. I I'd have to look up what the exact stat is, but it's in the ninety percent, like the high ninety percent of people lose money. Yeah, either they it's either it's it's pretty high. I can't remember exact percentage either, but it's either that they lose money or they definitely don't make any money or they make like less than a hundred dollars. Yeah, because so many of these companies. <clears throat> Like, some of the companies, if you are a distributor or whatever, um, con- distributor, consultant, they have, like, different different terms. Like, some of them, you don't have to purchase the products and, like, have physical product in your home. Um, like, you can just direct people to the company website and they can order it or whatever. But, like, for example, when LuLaRoe was big, um, those people had to purchase the product from LuLaRoe and then people purchased the product from that consultant and then they had to be the ones to like ship it out. Right. So then they had to spend money on the, um, on like 
the the racks to store the clothes and or display them if they're going to like parties or whatever or making a boutique in their home and they had to spend the money on the envelopes and the shipping labels and like all this stuff and on top of it they had to buy all of the inventory that people may or may not buy from you right and even if you are not if it's not a situation where like you have to ship out the product yourself they all have a, a personal quota. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't have to send anything to anyone, you have to buy something yourself that month. So right. it might, you're going to have to, you know, you have to get, I think for, you know, all the essential oil companies, you know, you're supposed to buy all the new products. You're supposed to buy samples that you then give out to people that you're trying to get sales from or so you can host parties um what's the what's the kitchen one pampered i totally chef. Spa- pampered chef like you have to buy pam- you have to buy the pampered chef products to be able to have a pampered chef party right so they order from the catalog you, that's not cheap right um so they get you either way yes yeah so i just like i always <laughs> i just feel like in this day and age, and I definitely think that <clears throat> I definitely think that there was a time when working out of the home was much harder than it is now. Mm-hmm. Like there were a lot fewer opportunities to work outside the home. And so I I actually can almost see the allure of these companies more from maybe like when we were growing up. Like when I was a kid and it was the nineties and the internet really hadn't taken off that much and being able to be a mom and work from home was much much harder it is not there are lots of different ways that you can work from home now and so I have a really hard time and granted like I am coming at this from a I work my corporate job perspective I have freelance gig freelance writing gigs perspective like you can hate on me all you want but I have a really hard time with like I just feel like there are so many different opportunities to get jobs working from home via the internet on a part-time or full-time basis making like real money, like a real salary or a real hourly rate that I just have a really hard time with the like, oh, this is just my best business opportunity thing. Right. But I do think even though it is much easier these days to get a job working from home, I think there's still like that level of barrier to entry that people have. Yeah. Because they might not think they have the skills, first of all, which I think is the the main thing, but they also might not have the connections in order to, you know, know about those jobs or even if like they might... I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. But no, I think that I think you're right. I think you're right. It is definitely I think you're absolutely right. And I do think especially if it is someone that you're friends with and they're like, hey, you know, I've been making money doing this job. It's, you know, super easy. All you have to do is like sell this stuff, but it sells itself because it's so amazing, which is like (laughs) always what's in the pitch. Um, Like if your friend is telling you how great it is. 
Like, wouldn't you, like, why wouldn't you be like, oh, of course, like, that sounds awesome. Why, of course I'll do that. Like, I would love to have a job that my friend has. She seems super happy and she says she's making money. Right. It seems like he, you're going into with a huge trust factor. Right. Do you think that most of the people that are pulling other people in, into their downline, uh... (laughs) Do you think that most of them are are purple? <sighs> I'm trying to word like this. entrapmenting people. Yes, yeah. Like, do you think most of them really believe that what they're doing, like, they are making a good amount of money, and they just like really believe it's a really good opportunity? Or do you think most of them are like saying that so that they can get the other people underneath them, so that then they can get promoted? I don't know because I always wonder that. So it's interesting because when I was doing Beachbody, the 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 lead of our team or whatever was mm-hmm. like high up, mm-hmm. so she like was making a lot of money. Yeah, I guess. Um, so she was like clearly. She was very into the brand. She's very behind. I think she still is like super into it. Um, but it also kind of felt like she just, like, she wanted us to do well, but she wanted us to do well because she would then make more money if obviously we got people in. Right. You know? Right. Um, but the, it was interesting. It's interesting to me because she had this woman underneath her, or I guess, I don't know if she was underneath or, yeah, she was underneath her, but. I don't know. The structures are like jacked up and really hard to understand like where people are in relation to you mm-hmm. if it's not a straight line. But she quit last year or something like that, but I still follow her on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And she is now like the same person like like Berta who's just like, you know, this is a really toxic environment and right. <laughs> like it's not a thing that people should be doing. Right. Um and so I feel like she like she regrets what she did. Yeah. She regrets all the things that she put on people to, like, make them want to do the things. Right. Um, the hustle I, that she... The hustle and, like, you know, you're going to cold message these people you haven't talked to since junior high and it'll be fine. You're just reconnecting. It's part of your network because you're supposed to reach out to 25 people a day. All of these things. Like, it's, it's like manipulation Yeah, in a lot of ways. But I do... I, I don't know how it is for some of these other ones because I feel, especially with, like, the essential oil people that are super into the essential oils. Right. You and I both know essential oil people, and some of them are super into it, and some of them are just kind of like, oh, I do this on the side. Yeah, it's I think some deal. of them do, like, we know some folks that I think do it on the side, mostly so that they get more of a discount on whatever they were gonna buy or anyway. are you gonna buy yeah. yeah which is another way they get people in right because you're just gonna get a discount but I do know people who are just like they're so into it they're in they're they're crazy into the oils and they're anti like anything that they deem as like you know not clean which I know our friend Aldi is like yeah. a pet peeve against the yes. beauty industry and so it's weird to see that aspect of it that they're just like so so into it where 
you know simmering in the background there's like all this scandal and weirdness happening in these companies and you're just like girl do you even know (laughs) do you even know like what kind of company you're promoting right are you making money because like what i don't know it's just it's also interesting because a lot of the times when those people start doing their girl bossing is that they become they become the girl boss. Yeah. And they lose all the other parts of themselves. Yes. They it's no longer talk about anything else. They only talk about their girl boss business opportunities. Yeah. Hey, hon. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. Or they'll do it in a... The thing that I hate most is when they do it in a sneaky way. Ugh. So they'll, like, you know, either they'll do it in DM where they, like, compliment you or they, like, work up to it. So, yes. like, they'll... They won't just pitch you outright. They'll, like, message you over a couple of weeks. Yes. And then they'll be like, by the way, I'm doing this thing. Or, by the way, you said that you've been extra tired lately. Right. I've got an oil for that. And then you feel, like, bamboozled. Right. Or they'll do it even worse where they'll be like, oh, I did this thing and it was amazing. And they will, like, give sort of details on what it was oh my god so, i hate that i right but they won't oh but they my won't god. like say what it is at all and i'm no. like oh that sounds like really really nice and then they'll be like oh well i f- let me tell you what it is Megan, i fucking hate that <laughs> i hate that more like i would t- straight up i would rather some bitchy girl who bullied me in high school and in middle school i would rather her slide into my dms then see these fucking posts like i'm just i'm so i'm so annoyed by this like i'm just gonna swear a lot for a second i see these fucking posts on facebook or instagram or wherever where they're like oh my god i'm just like a part of this wonderful i just this thing has like changed my life and like if you want to be a part of this opportunity like message me I never thought I would find such a great community. If you want to know more about it, message me. And then like people it like people will comment and be like, "Oh, what 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 is it?" And they'll be like, "I'm going to send you a DM." And I'm like, "If you can't fucking say it, what what <laughs> what what is what the fuck is this? What kind of tactic is this?" Like I genuinely don't understand it. Like if you are going to be so like why are you being so secretive about it like if you are being so secretive about it for like a reason then maybe you should be rethinking what you're doing i think they're trying to build up like a fomo situation where you know you're they have a lot of a lot of these companies have uh yearly retreats where it's always on yeah some ridiculous resort that's all inclusive because they can be super super cheap <laughs> they're not actually that great and pitbull um, comes to perform and whatever <laughs> comes. my son would probably love pitbull let's just be honest with that one right there <laughs> um well boy do i have a business opportunity for him <laughs> are you interested in stretchy pants uh <laughs> But they'll, they'll, like, do something from the beach. And they'll be like, oh, I've been reconnecting with these amazing women. They're all such amazing bosses. And they're really taking control of their lives. And just like, oh, that sounds amazing. Like, I 
followed this lady who she like went to this amazing she went to what she went on a retreat she went on this like farm tour and there was like all this wonderful outdoorsy nature things and i was like that sounds awesome and then she's like oh well let me tell you it was i'm like oh god damn it like i just i don't know it just annoys it just annoys me it annoys me i don't like the like cagey i'm not gonna tell you what it is like what the company is like Mm -hmm. i don't again maybe it's just my personality maybe there are people that really go for that crap i hate it it feels so that to me is the skeeviest possible thing that you could do that to me is even skeevier than the sliding into the dms of the people that you haven't talked to in a decade and that you like bullied in high school yeah i find it so disgusting and so skeevy like just be straightforward about what the company is what you're doing if if you cannot drum up the interest by being like genuine and straightforward and honest about what you're doing, then maybe you should not be doing it. <laughs> how do we feel? I know how we feel. I'm just kind of leading us up here. Um, <laughs> Playing devil's how advocate. Do, right, right. Uh, so that's gross. Sliding to DMs is gross. Faking what you're talking about is, well, not faking, but, you know, being purposefully uh leaving out details is gross but how do we feel about these um actual stores storefronts Mm -hmm. brick and mortar stores that are actually fronts for mlm businesses i find it weird it is super weird so we were having this conversation uh, a couple months ago i guess we were both listening to some episodes of Be There in Five. She was covering Rachel Hollis and everything related to that. And there was, she had multiple episodes, but some of the episodes covered MLMs. And she started mentioning Herbalife Juice Cafes. And I had never heard of those before. And I was flabbergasted that this was a thing. Um, and then one opened up in our town. We were really disappointed because we thought it was going to be like an actual juice place. I really did. I was really hopeful. I we really like, wanted oh, to juice. be a real juice. We like juice. <laughs> <laughs> but then, because I had we had I had just listened to this podcast, I was like, you know, that's huh. And so I was researching the company, and I was looking at her Instagram, and I, she had all these hashtags. And so I I clicked on one that was really suspect to me, and I it what pulled up was all these other MLM juice bars, and I was like, oh. Frick. <laughs> damn it. And I don't know. So apparently there's a, multiple different kinds where some of them you get a, quote, membership to the juice bar, which you get by buying juice. What? And then like a that counts. Yeah, I guess. And then that counts as like being underneath them and the structure somehow because you now have like a card with your name on it and like like a punch card but it's like your membership card that you get by buying you know you only have to buy like two juices or something like that i don't know if this place is like that because i will literally never go there (laughs) but the thing is that they don't they're not honest 
necessarily about what they're selling. I felt really annoyed by the whole situation because the downtown alliance is promoting them. There's other businesses downtown being, you know, promoting it because they want people to come downtown and spend their money. Right. But it doesn't say anywhere on her profile or on her Facebook page that it, they sell Herbalife products until people ask. And then she will answer if they ask. But she doesn't say if they don't ask. Yeah, I don't like that. No, it's gross. I want to know if you're like if you're giving if I'm getting a protein shake from a juice bar, I want to know what you're putting in it. Yes. And I don't want the answer to be something that I don't like or a company that I don't agree with. Same thing, like anything else that I buy, I want to agree with what's going on here. Right. I'm co-signing the situation. Yeah. Like, I want to be able to say, like, oh, what protein are you putting in there? And, like, know what it is or what, like, no. I just... To me, it just comes, it just keeps circling back to like, if you feel like you have to be cagey about what you're selling and like not be upfront about what you're selling, I feel like that should be a red flag to you. Well, it's a proprietary blend of uh, multi-nutrients and vitamins. Absolutely not. These are the same people that refuse to get the COVID vaccine. (laughs) I'm sorry. I have absolutely no patience for that nonsense these days. Like, whatever patience I might have had for it before of, like, at least, like, entertaining your ramblings and being polite, it's gone. It's absolutely, 2020 and 2021 have absolutely taken the last of my fucks, and I cannot stand for that shit anymore. Yeah. I can't. Go get your vaccine. Stop saying that you won't get the vaccine because it's not FDA approved yet, but you're selling herbal life to people. (laughs) Or you're relying on Essential oils, which, spoiler alert, are also not FDA approved. But there's such a good cure for everything. Which I always want to say, whenever they go on and on about how they have some problem and they're treating it with, like, six different oils, I'm like, just take an Advil and you'll be fine. But also, if you've been treating your entire life with these oils... Why are you feeling bad in the first place? Aren't these oils supposed to be helping me have the most amazing life ever? I just gotta say, like, I just want to point that out. And again, like, refer back to our hippie episode. There are plenty of hip. There's plenty of hippie shit that we do. Like, I like absolutely. I am a big fan of elderberry. Like, I really do. For me, think that it helps. Like combat some symptoms of like cold and sniffling sniffling nose and like that kind of stuff but also I'm not going to take it and then refuse to go to the doctor when it turns out like I just actually have the bronchitis and be like no my elderberry is gonna cure it like I'm gonna be like hey you know what that was more than just a cold and I actually need to go to the doctor and get some antibiotics I'm just going to drink my special juice and sniff my peppermint and frankincense, and it will be fine. If I have a migraine, I'm taking a Tylenol. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. We have drugs for a reason. Yes. And it's because they work. Yes. 
I so please <laughs> please refer like we are not hit, hating on like all hippie things because again refer to our hippie episode there I definitely think that there are times when essential oils are great for certain things like I definitely think that lavender is helpful and kind of helping like create a peaceful environment I love it in a bubble bath at the end of the night it helps me kind of feel a little bit relaxed so that I can sleep I think that's great like there's definitely like a time and a place for different things but but right I also just want to touch on I know this is getting kind of long but I, I feel like we'd be really remiss if we did not touch on the fact that this whole girl boss situation is really clustered in uh, white women. Yes. And even if they're, you know, single moms that are struggling, it's the background generally of upper middle class situations where, like, maybe they don't have to work. They're just doing it for fun to be with their girls. Um, it's also and it's partially because like a lot of it's a scam and you're not going to make any money so those are the only kinds of people who can do it yes there's that also like even it is hashtag girl boss that is fueled by the patriarchy like go on I feel like it is you're hashtag girl boss, but you're doing it within the confines of what like is acceptable to your husband. Yes. You are I would agree with hashtag that. girl bossing in the confines of what is acceptable to male society so that you can still stay home and cook your husband dinner when he comes home and homeschool, homeschool your kids and keep the house clean and also make that full-time income from your phone two hours a day while the baby naps. And again, here's, I just, I always feel like I have to caveat when I say shit like that. Like if you stay home, you're a stay at home mom. And that's like you, it's your thing. You love being a stay at home mom. You love making dinner when your spouse comes home. Like I, if that is genuinely where you want to be in your life, I absolutely support you. But I definitely, because a lot of these companies are very big in the Christian community. And the mm-hmm. Christian community is all about the Proverbs 31 woman. What's the Proverbs 31 woman? The woman who is submissive to her husband and she is the perfect wife and she's the perfect mother and she's the perfect housekeeper and like she does all of these things and she's meek and she's mild and she like all of these things and even at like we this is a whole another conversation this is like a whole another episode that we can't have in another time but growing up in the evangelical church I like even as a young woman would hear about like oh we should be like the Proverbs 31 woman and I was like gross why (laughs) that's I don't know that sounds really boring I have no interest in being that like I want to be a wife and I want to be a mother but I also want to do big things with my life and I absolutely had guys who like didn't want to date me because of that 
I had a I had a boyfriend who I was too my ambition was too big for him and he always he tried to hold me back for a lot of years until I finally dumped his ass and like if you like be if you want to be a girl boss be a fucking boss you don't you don't need to be a girl boss be a boss like go for it but so much I just feel like so much of this like hashtag girl boss like MLM culture is a way of like oh yeah we're like hashtag girl boss but it's done within the confines of what the patriarchy finds acceptable for what women are doing I will now step off my soapbox. <laughs> yeah, and I would say, you know, I, I don't want to be a girl boss. I'd rather be a boss. But also, if we're going to use the term girl boss, like take it back and yes. apply it to people who truly are badasses. Like yes. our friend Jamie, who was like, screw you guys, I'm starting my own legal firm. She's like, do what I want. Baddest bitches we know. Right. She's amazing. Like, she would be the perfect person that I would actually want to use the term girl boss for. But she's just a badass boss. She's just boss. a boss. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, again, like, I, I'm i sure someone's going to be like, you're just hating on blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and <clears throat> we, I, I, and I, Megan, I think I speak for you when I say this. Like, we are not hating on the people that are trapped in these cycles the people that are you know stuck within these companies or feel like they can't get out or got pulled in and feel feel bamboozled and can't get out or even the people that are in them and like are 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 happy and think that this is great a great that they truly think that this has been a great opportunity for them like we are not hating on those individual people we are hating on the manipulative and these manipulative companies that are scamming people who just want to try to make their lives better and in the patriarchal systems within which within which they operate that's yeah. what we're hating on yeah and, and i do think any people like, who knowingly are going out and scamming people fuck you guys <laughs> and i do think you know if you if you are good at one of these jobs like that, it does take a certain skill. It takes skills to be good at these jobs. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that people who aren't successful don't have skills. It's just not the same skill. It is a sales job. Yes. They are all sales jobs. And if you are killing it with these sales jobs, you can go get a job at any number of Fortune 500 companies that need salespeople right. and kill it there and wake, make more money get benefits, have a career trajectory and not be trying to scam other people and pull them in to this web that is really hard to leave. And you could like actually sell like the product you're selling and not just be like also trying to recruit people to like be on your team. Like you could actually just do the thing. Just like get a job where you can like do the work. So, and again, I say like, just get a job. Like, I understand that there's a lot of systemic things that can make that very hard. But so again, 
we do not hate on the people who get caught in the systems and who are victims of these systems. What we hate are the people that are taking advantage, the companies that are taking advantage of the people that are trapped in these systems. So Mm -hmm. that is where the problem lies. In case it wasn't clear, just want to be extra clear. The end. (laughs) (laughs) If you have made it this far, they they will know where we stand, that we don't just hate people. So hopefully... Hopefully they're on it, but... uh, We just have a lot of things to say about it. I feel like we could kind of just ramble and rant on it for a while. Um, I mean, who among us, who among us being white women of a certain age, has not purchased LuLaRoe? Right. Like, it was everywhere. We all bought it. We were all stupid. Like, it happens. We're moving on. (laughs) We learned. We learn. We it's all, learn. all education. It's all Every bit of life is, is education. It is all education. So there you go. There's our there's our soapbox for the week. <laughs> Let's pivot. Let's talk about joy. Megan, what is bringing you joy this week? Well, something that's bringing me joy this week actually was an annoyance at first. Oh, But now it's joy because, as longtime listeners will know, we enjoy crafting. Yes. And we enjoy reality TV shows, perhaps with some competition thrown in. (laughs) And uh, one of the shows that I really like is Making It. Oh my god, I love it so much. And I found out on Sunday, at the very end of their before it was before the closing ceremonies but it was the end of like their daytime programming or whatever for the olympics uh-huh uh that making it was coming back this thursday and i said oh interesting so i looked it up on the computer and found out that making it has been on all summer long and i did not hear a word about it from either nbc twitter or the crafting community in general. And I feel very disappointed to have had to find out through the one commercial they showed on NBC. Like, we've been watching the Olympics in primetime, like, pretty much every day. Yes. And they did not show a single commercial for it. No. It was all commercial. Like, granted, they have to get their sponsor money for the Olympics. It was all that horrible Toyota adoption commercial, which is problematic in its own right if you have questions you can message me anyway but yeah they didn't promote their own stuff until the very last day so i didn't know what's happening i didn't know i didn't know all summer that it was happening but now we've been able to watch it because it's on hulu the old the episodes that have previously aired and I i'm need very to go happy back and start watching them um the first episode nick offerman cries <gasps> oh my god i love him so that is worth it just for that. And it just makes me so happy because they're they're making crafts and they're just bright and colorful and cheerful and everyone like how could it not be happy? It's great. I love it so much. And they're also talented. I feel like such a schlub after watching a show, but Oh, yes. I definitely am like, well, I have no talents. <laughs> 
I'm worthless. It's fine. I'm either, well, I either, it, it depends on the episode. Sometimes I'm like, I finish watching and I'm super inspired. And sometimes I'm like, my God, I have no talents. This is the same thing of watching uh, Great British Bake Off. Like sometimes I watch it and I get like really inspired and come up with recipe ideas. And sometimes I watch it and I'm like, I could never do that. Uh, so it just depends. <laughs> It was funny because we were watching it because Bob wanted to watch it too. And so he was, we were judging the final or the, not the final, but the, you know, the second, the master craft. Uh-huh. And we're, we always try to guess, you know, who's going to be the winner. And Bob was like, he's like, oh, I thought this one should have won because it's like really cool. And I'm like, it is very cool. But he didn't really follow the directive that was laid out for them. <laughs> So that's why he didn't win. And he was just like, what? I'm like, well, you know, they had to do this thing. And that just really wasn't represented in what he made. (laughs) He didn't fulfill the brief, okay? Right. He didn't do the brief, Bob. So either I have watched too many of these shows or it's like my few classes of art history critique creeping back into my life. Some combo that all... All of all the things. You've been watching so many Olympics, uh, so much Olympics of like... I don't know. That did not look like a 10-point dive to me kind of situation. (laughs) When you're like, I couldn't do that, but I can judge it. Yep. Yep. Uh, Of course you overproofed those cookies. I was going to say cookies. You don't proof cookies. Oh, my gosh. It's been a while since I have watched the show. It's okay. Anyway, making it, bringing me joy until I run out of episodes, and then I'll be sad again. Love it. What's bringing you joy? Um, so Saturday morning, I was watching, um, I was watching Bluey with Edie. I think I've mentioned Bluey before. It's so cute and I love it so much, but, um, I was watching and, you know, just having a low key Saturday morning. And then this episode toward the end of season two came on and it's called baby race and all of bluey is on disney plus so if people have not watched bluey you really should go watch it because it's just great whether you have young kids or not and in this episode it's about bluey like taking her first steps and um like her mom being dismayed she's like not walking as fast as her peers and then this like more like this mom with a bunch of a bunch of kids um is like you're doing great and like you're just doing really good she's doing everything at her own time and like i am parenting a delayed walker and sometimes i'm a little rough with myself about it and I like started crying I straight up this episode like made me cry and then I went back the next day and I just like watched it by myself because it's just like the best I don't know it's just such a good reminder to like all parents like you're doing a really good job so that is bringing me joy that episode actually the whole show but uh what are the odds that I'm going to put my child in a bluey Halloween costume this year? Probably pretty high. Um, <laughs> is bringing me joy. So I highly recommend if you have Disney Plus, um, go watch Bluey, even if you don't have young kids, because it's such a delightful show. And it's very, very funny and has just very sweet moments. So it sounds like a lot of the uh, Disney Plus cartoon writers are. Like, really paying attention to 
actual issues that people have? Well, so apparently on this show, I read like a whole, like a super long article about the creators of Bluey. Um, it's an Australian show. And I guess like the creator, like is, he's a dad and he like writes all of the episodes basically based on things that have happened like with his kids, like in his mm-hmm. family. Um, and he like writes all of them and whatever. And I just, I think that that's why they're just so wonderful because they're just based on like real real parenting things that a real parent is going through and doing and like I don't know it's just it, it's it's a really wonderful show <laughs> that's really low, nice I'm like not even low-key obsessed I'm high-key obsessed <laughs> so also the title is very fitting because everything with parenting feels like it's a race yes it's it, yeah the baby race it's very it's really cute it's a very cute episode. It will make you cry. It will hit you in the feels. It will make you laugh. There's like these perfect little, and the episodes are only seven minutes long. So somehow they pack this major punch in seven minutes. Um, <laughs> but like the, cause most of the episode is focused on the mom and then bluey when she's a baby and the dad isn't really in the episode, but he like pops up sort of in the background and has these very funny moments just like in the background. It's just mwah, chef's kiss perfection. <laughs> so everybody go watch it. 10 out of 10 recommend. Love it. So next week we are going to be talking about travel and anxiety because boy, don't we know that those two things really go together these days. I mean, like we have enough anxiety problems as it is. Trying to think about anxiety, like travel now is just, it's a lot. It's a lot. lot. We're going to talk about it. So join us back here next week as we discuss all of those things. And we'll have a special guest too. In the meantime, you can follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Bye.